Acts chapter 2, verse 41. We read them down to the pool. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Let's pray. Father, would you bless us as we look to your word tonight? Would you help us, Lord, to understand your word and to take it on board? And Lord, to, to rejoice in what we've got in church membership. I mean, I appreciate the testimonies tonight. Uh, what a blessing that we have been blessed by something that the Lord Jesus Christ ordained. And he ordained it for blessing. Uh, he put it in our lives and he put, it, put us in it for blessing, for our blessing and for the blessing of others. It's, it's his plan. It's, his, it, it, it's a, a big part of his master plan. Uh, and what he did. We're living in a day and age that when the church is coming into disrepute, we're living in a day when everything's getting a little bit <clears throat> wishy-washy and everything's getting to the place where nobody's sure what they believe or why they believe it or how they believe or, uh, and people are kind of drifting around. And one of the things that's coming under attack is the church. Now, George Barna, uh, he's a Christian pollster. He, he takes polls on things. Uh, and he wrote this. He said, um, <clears throat> large numbers of American Christians are disillusioned with the church. He supports this trend and has labeled these church dropouts revolutionaries who are on the verge of forcing a decline of the churches in the 21st century. One prominent writer like John Eldridge of Wild at Heart fame agrees with Barna. Amazingly, many professing Christians see themselves as part of the universal church of Christ, but do not participate in a local body. Others openly discredit the idea of former membership in a congregation. <clears throat> and that's huge out there right now. Uh, tonight you're a member of this church, I hope, or, or, or if not, you're going to be voted into membership before you leave tonight. You're going to actually become part of the church and be a member of the church. That's important to you. Now, I understand from Scripture there's the local church, and local church is uh, local. It's a group of people that meet together in a place. It doesn't, doesn't mean where you're from. You don't have, don't have to all be from the same area. Uh, it's a, local a group of people that meet together uh, in an area, and they, they are church. They work together. And I understand there's a bigger body than that, right? There's the universal church. It's never met, though. It will meet one day. When the Lord Jesus Christ sounds the trumpet, all of a sudden that universal church is going to meet, uh, it's going to be, become the church. But until that day, we're working with a local church. And <clears throat> let me give you an illustration of it. You know, we, we compare the church to a family. <clears throat> can, can, can you imagine uh, if we took our children and we said, well, they're, <clears throat> they're not part of any particular family, they're part of the family of humanity at large. Who'd want to look after them? Who'd take care of them? Who'd change all the nappies and do all the midnight feeds and everything else? Nobody would. You see, it needs to be that a child is part of a family. It needs to be that they're part of people who are responsible for them. Those of you that are parents have not always wanted to look after your kids, have you? But they're your kids. What option do you have? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and nobody else is going to take them over and look after them for you. You've got to look after them. You know, the church is like that. And you can't choose to be outside of it and not to be part of it. You have to be involved in a local church. Many people over the, over the years have left the church uh, and moved on to uh, somewhere else. And whenever I talk to them, I will say to them, now look, if you're leaving here, all right, I don't agree with you maybe, but if you're leaving here, you've got to get involved in another local assembly and become part of it. Because it's important that you be in membership in a local church. It's important that you be there, that you be part of it. <clears throat> you see, the church is not just any organization. The church is an organization set up by the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I will build 
my church. It's his church. He will build it. And you know what? We need to be part of it. Now we're going to look at some Bible references and deal with the issue of why we need to be members of a church and what that means means to us tonight. And you know, the reason in our day and age why people don't want to be part of the church is because they don't want to be part of any organization that makes them accountable. Isn't that true? We all want to be freelance. We all want to do our own thing. We all want to be, want to be free to do whatever we want to do. But the truth is that we need to be accountable. We need to be part. Lots of teenagers, when they get to the age where they're teenagers, they, they would rather not be part of a family, wouldn't they? <clears throat> the only problem for them is it's kind of hard to sustain themselves by themselves. They need someone to sustain them. But the truth is that we need to be part of a family and we need to be part of a church. Uh, you see, many people have given up on the church, but the Lord Jesus Christ has not given up on it. It's his church and he's building it. And as we subscribe to what he's doing and are a part of what he is doing, we can be a part of the blessing. All right, Let's look at the biblical basis of church membership. Look here in our text. Uh, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. When an individual gets saved, they become part of something. Uh, they get joined to something. <clears throat> they become part of a local body of believers. They, be, uh, they, they get added onto something. Right? There has to be something for you to add onto. They don't just become a freelance Christian living and doing their own thing. Many do in our day and age, but that's not the plan. Uh, they get added onto them, uh, onto a church. And that's the example of the early church. <clears throat> The New Testament assumes that Christians connect to a local church where they live uh, in, the, in their commitment to Jesus. Each New Testament letter was written to a church or a local church leader. And it's written to the group of believers that meet at Tala. Right? If Paul was writing to us, he would write uh, to, uh, to the believers at Tala, and he would be, he, he would be writing to, to, to a church. He would write to a local church. He would, he would define who he was writing to. And that's what he does, the church at Ephesus and the church at Corinth. And he writes to those local assemblies. Now, sometimes they had several assemblies within that local assembly. But listen, it was a local assembly that he was writing to. And then there's the existence of church government, right? There's pastors, there's elders. People are supposed to be in submission. By the way, you know, I hate bringing it up because obviously I'm, not, I, I'm the leader and I'm the one that you're supposed to submit to when it comes down to it. But God did put spiritual leadership that you're supposed to submit to in the church. It's part of the deal. It is just part of the deal. It's not something that I decided, you know, is a good idea for me to take or any pastor decides, believe me, it's not a mantle anybody enjoys wearing. But God did put it because we need it. Listen, leadership is needed in the home, isn't it? Listen, if nobody, listen, have you ever known a home where everybody had an equal say? Mom, dad, and all the kids had an equal say. It's chaos. It's absolute chaos. It's anarchy in the home. There's got to be a leader in the home. There's got to be somebody that says in the end, now listen, here's what we're going to do. And, and we follow that. And there's got to be leadership. There's got to be, uh, uh, th- that's the way God has put it in. So he put church government in place to actually lead us and to be a help to us and to guide us. Don't fight against it. God didn't put leadership in our lives uh, to make life hard for us. And sometimes we look at the police and we look at the guards and we think, you know, listen, man, they're just out there to spoil fun. They're all out there. And, you know, and we've got this, this kind of an idea of the guards. Try and live without them. Consider living without guards in the world. Consider, consider living without the reality of the structure of society. You know, it's your worst nightmare. It's worse than your worst nightmare. Listen, it's not something that you would want to countenance at all. Does, does it mean that you're restricted? Yeah, but everybody else is too. 
What it means is you can't take somebody else's stuff, but they can't take yours either. And that's a blessing to us. And, you know, when it comes down to it, listen, the government of the church is, is a help to us. Also, the church exercises church discipline. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 5, we're not going to look there because I'm going to be brief tonight, right? <clears throat> but uh, there's discipline in the church. That's another thing. Oh, no, we don't want discipline. You know, we don't want anybody telling us what to do. Uh, we don't want people, pe- people making us do it. But <clears throat> there's a whole bunch of reasons for church discipline. And again, it's a blessing to you. Do, 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 you, know, do you know this is true? That Listen, discipline will never affect you as long as you're doing right and walking with the Lord. It will just never affect you. It's not an issue that comes up for you at all. Nobody's, nobody's ever going to touch you with it. It's when we do wrong that church discipline kicks in. It's when we come to the place where we're going our own way and doing our own thing. That's when church discipline kicks in. You know, and we live in a very strange day and age. We live in an age when people really have no clue what's right and what's wrong. And part of the issue of the church is the church is supposed to uphold what's right and what's wrong. And discipline is one of those things. Do you know the Bible says that the main reason uh, for church discipline is because a little leaven leaven up the whole lump? That if we let sin rule in the church, that if we let it come in and, you know, listen, it doesn't matter and nobody takes issue with it and you want to live with somebody, then go ahead and live with somebody. You know, you want to uh, be involved in, in, in being a thief, well, that's, being, that, that's okay. You want to do drugs and, and be a member of the church, well, that's okay. You know, if we let those things happen, what happens is the whole thing gets destroyed. Leaven leavens the whole thing. It destroys it. We can't do that. God wants it to be kept pure. God wants, it to be, God wants a holy standard to be kept in the church. He wants us to keep a holy standard. And listen, the church is part of helping us to do that. It's not something that's negative in our lives and, and, and hard in our lives. It's something that's helpful in our lives as far as doing that's concerned. So you're coming into membership tonight. Listen, you're coming into an organization. You're coming into an organization and there's discipline in the organization. Now, let me say this. You could count... In the, in the time I've been in this church, you could count on two hands the number of times we've exercised church discipline. It's a rare thing. But it's there, and we know it's there. And we know we're supposed to live right. All of us, me included, all right? And um, <clears throat> then there's the exhortation to mutual edification. Look at this one, because this <clears throat> is a help to us. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And these are key verses for, for the body life of the church, right? <clears throat> and let us consider one another. Hebrews 10, I'll wait you there. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. We're supposed to consider each other. The other's supposed to be in the church a considering of each other. We're supposed to watch out for each other. He said, I don't want people prying into my life. I'm a free entity. I'm going to do my own thing and live my own way. No, we're supposed to consider one another. We're supposed to watch out for one another. We're supposed to take care of each other. Listen, you're you're, you're part of a family, right? And you're not doing well. Somebody's going to buttonhole you and say to you, hey, what's going on? You're not doing well. Something's wrong. And you know, in a family, you kind of expect that, don't you? In a family, you know, you expect it. If nobody cares how anybody's doing in a family, it's not much of a family. And the same is true in the church. You know, other people take an interest in you as a member in the church. Now, let me challenge you with that. You're supposed to take an interest in each other. You're supposed to watch out for each other. 
You know, there are times when you're struggling and maybe you're not as good as, uh, as at other times, but there's supposed to be in your heart and in your life a caring for the other members. We could look at lots of verses. You know, when one member suffers, all are to suffer. You know, we, we suffer with it. We're supposed to look out for each other. <clears throat> uh, consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Now, what does it mean to provoke unto love and good works? That's very noisy. <laughs> um, could we do that a little bit more quietly, whoever is doing it, all right? Uh, we're supposed to provoke each other to love and good works. We're supposed to get interest in each other. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to encourage each other to go on spiritually and to be challenged spiritually and to be encouraged spiritually. We're supposed to have that, 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 that effect in each other's lives that we're actually encouraging each other. I think Brother Dave talked about, about people encouraging him in the Lord. It's important. And you know what? There's not a blessed person in this room that doesn't need encouragement from time to time. There are times when the bottom falls out, aren't there? And listen, do you think the Holy Spirit is able to clue somebody into your need? Of course he is. Do you think he's able to clue you into somebody else's need? Of course he is. And you need to encourage people. We're supposed to encourage each other to love and good works. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That What was happening way back then, there were believers that weren't actually meeting together anymore. They were saying, ah, oh, listen, we're, we're good enough Christians. We can do it. We can worship God in our homes. We don't have to go to your church assembly. We're just going to enjoy ourselves and, and worship the Lord on our own. And Paul is saying, that, that's their manner, but don't do that. Right? <clears throat> but exhorting one another. So we come together, right? Now, and, and get this focus about coming to church. We don't come together just to kind of get blessed. Right? Somebody's going to stand up there and preach a message and we're going to be blessed. We come to meth- together to be active and to exhort one another, to encourage one another. Right? Find somebody that you can actually be a blessing to in the church. That you're going to be an encouragement to. You know, I, the lady said the, 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 the secret friend. Was it, was it a secret friend or a secret pal? Secret sister thing. I, I thought that was a great idea. Because what they were doing is they were encouraging each other all along the way, but they didn't know who it was until the very end. They didn't know who was encouraging them. But you know, it's a blessing. That was a blessing to do. But you know, it's a great thing for us to encourage one another in the church. And that, that has several impacts. First of all, if you're the one receiving the encouragement, that's great. But you know that when you set out to encourage something, it does something to cur- encourage somebody, it does something to you too. It kind of lifts you. It helps you. We're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to, you know, forget about ourselves and seek to reach out and help each other and and encourage somebody else and be a blessing to somebody else. And it's amazing. You know, when you start encouraging people, when you start being a part of the church in that sense, you know what? It's amazing how you you end up forgetting about yourself and you end up being blessed. And you end up with your problems not seeming so big because we all got problems. Everybody here has got problems. Ain't nobody in this room, you know, that's just listen, living on easy street and everything is working out fine for them. There are no issues and no problems. Everybody's got problems. The problems that you're most aware of are your own problems. But don't let your own problems blind you to the fact that everybody else got problems too. Everybody else has got difficulties. I get the privilege of hearing many of your problems. You know, <clears throat> no, I, seriously, I, I hear them. So I can, I can look out at you and I can say, you know what, listen, they all got problems. You don't know that. You don't get to know what's going on in each other's lives. Listen, encourage one another. Listen, the Holy Spirit can lead you to encourage somebody without you knowing how difficult things are for them. 
at a given time. You may know, no, you may know, not know why they need it, but do it anyway. Let the Spirit of God lead you to encourage one another. And then the practical provisions of church membership. <clears throat> uh, this con- connectivity, this is a social aspect of the church. We just come together and listen, we're a group that watch out for each other and take care of each other. And more and more, that's odd in our society, but terribly necessary. Right? Isn't it true you can live beside your neighbors for five years and never have a cup of tea with them? That didn't used to be true. That didn't used to be possible. You know, 50 years ago, families were interdependent in a much greater way than they are today. You know, you, you went to the country, listen, everybody came to your, <coughs> to your place to, to make the hay. I remember on my grandfather's little farm, little five acres, you know, and on haymaking day, there was just this mass of people that descended on his little five acres and everybody worked together and, and they, they, they made the hay. And then when it was time to make the hay at their place, everybody went there. You know, and, and there was a huge amount of connectedness, but that's not so anymore. And you can live in your little bubble and drive in your little bubble of a car. And you've got all this kind of, uh, you know, um, media and um, social networking and all the rest. But you know what? Half the time nobody talks to anybody else. People get lonely. But you know what? The church really knocks that on the head. Now, let me say this. It doesn't really knock it on the head if you come on church Sunday mornings and that's it. It really doesn't. You need to do more than that. You need to be more involved in that. You need to be part of the church. You need to be here Sunday morning, Sunday evening. You need to have ministry in the church, be, be a part of it, be, be involved in it, be doing. But it actually makes you connected with people. And do you know that you need to be connected with people? They did a study recently on um, <clears throat> what it was that made people live to be old. And one of the things that helped people to live to, to a ripe old age was they stayed connected with people. They had a group of friends that were around. And one of the things for older people is what happens is, you know, you get to, <clears throat> to a certain age and most of your friends have died off. You know, you're the, you're the one that's left. But the church actually meets a social function. We need it. God, God knows what he's doing in our lives. You know that? God puts you as part of a church. It's a key thing. And it's not something to just take lightly and kind of throw the head and go somewhere else. I've heard so many people leave the church because, you know, <clears throat> they weren't getting the right feelings. Listen, that's rubbish. God has put you in as a part of a family. Do you always get the right feelings in your family? Do you always feel good about being around your family? Not hardly. But you know what? You're part of a family here, and you need to work through things. You know, I've heard of people leaving churches because it was going nowhere. What kind of a reason is that for, 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 for leaving a church? It was going nowhere. Listen, if God puts you somewhere as part of a family, you're there for a purpose and a reason. You stay there. You work through the issues and work through the problems and you come out the other end of it. And you know, and I think I said this the other day. Uh, actually, it wasn't here. I was, uh, I was preaching somewhere else when I said it. You know, listen, I, I've never seen anybody grow without becoming part of the church and connected to the church. I've really never seen it. I'm sure it's possible, but I've never seen it. I've seen a lot of people flounder around in their spirituality. I've seen a lot of Sunday morning Christians, you know, uh, listen, come and go. But when you get involved and become part of it, and it becomes part of your life, and you become a part, and you have your fights, and you have your fallings out, and you get things right, and you get things straightened out, and you move on, you keep on going in it, you know what? You end up being blessed. I can honestly say, this church has a huge part in where I am today spiritually. It has a huge part in my gray hair as well, but apart from that, uh, it has a huge part in where I am spiritually today. 
I mean, it's been a blessing. It's been a trial. It's been all those things. But you know what? It's been a work that God's been doing in my life. And you've had as much of an impact on me as I've had on you, I'm sure. You see, God takes and God uses the church. And it's helpful to us. It's helpful to us. There's also a responsibility. Being part of the local church makes me responsible. And I don't like that. You don't like that. Right? You know, <clears throat> listen, you, don't, you shouldn't come to church because if you don't come to church, somebody's going to notice. But you should come to church. And if that's the reason you come to church, then listen, it's better for you to come to church than not to come to church. Do you understand that? Uh, you know, listen, when you come or don't come, it matters. It matters to other people. There's not one of you that doesn't show up that on a Sunday night I'm not, I'm not thinking, oh, where was so-and-so today? I mean, already today there's some people I haven't seen today and, and I'm thinking, oh, where were they? Now, you don't want to be pestering people every week and annoying them and kind of ha- harassing them. But if you're not here, you're missed. If you're not here, something is missing here. You know, so you're responsible for being part of it. You know, Paul gives us the picture of, uh, of the body and he, uh, and he gives us crazy examples, but <clears throat> he talks about the idea basically, listen, if you're missing a, a part of the body, you're missing something. And you're part of the body. Those of you that are getting voted in tonight, you're getting voted in as part of a body. This is a place where God has put you. And when you're not here, you're missed. When you're not here, <clears throat> there's something missing. Um, then there's an accountability. <clears throat> and when you become part of the local church, you're accountable. People are interested in you. Uh, they, they want to see you do well, and that makes you accountable. Again, we don't like those things. In our day and age, we don't like those things. That's why the universal church is such a neat idea, because it means I, I can go anywhere. You know, I, I, I know somebody, somebody close to me, they're not, not <clears throat> don't, don't come to our church, but they go to a Catholic church, and, and uh, they fell out with the priest in one church, and so now they go to another church that they like better. And you know, that's fine for them. And the reason they go there is because they're annoyed with him. And they're not going to get it right, and they're not going to get it straightened out, and, and, and then they're just going to go wherever they want to go. Believers do that too. Without getting things straight, and without getting things right, and without sorting them out. And what you do is you lose blessing. You're not a part anywhere. You're just a wandering soul. And I'm telling you what, one of the most greatest disasters spiritually I've seen is when believers become wandering souls. When they just leave their church and they begin to wander and they begin to go from church to church and they're going where they feel good and where somebody's saying what they like and they always find something to get offended with and they move on to the next place and on to the next place and on to the next place. Listen, there's no good in that. You need to be accountable and be part of a church. Listen, you need to, you need to sink your anchor, drive down your stakes, draw a line in the sand and you need, listen, you need to be part of a local church. And I'm telling you, listen, there's lots of blessings involved in being part of a church. And there's lots of hard things too. But you know what? God will use them all for your good. God will use them all to bless you. And you know, <clears throat> there are times when, when, when God is, is, is huge and the Spirit of God is moving and all their blessed times in the church. And there are times when, listen, it's not like that. But you're part of something. And you stay. And you work through it. And you pray. And you seek God's face. And you help other people. And you know what you'll find? You'll find that along the way, God's used you greatly. God's given you ministry. God's taken you and God's used you in some life, somebody's life. You'll find somebody giving a testimony someday that'll just, I, I don't know that. I, I, never heard, I never thought that. Where you've been a blessing in somebody's life. Listen, 
A church is an exciting thing to be part of. It's not our business to run down every other church out there, but I think life gets special. I think this is a special church. I think this church is, uh, is a special church. I think it's great history, and I think it's got a great future. And we need to be part of it, and we need to uh, hold on to it, and we need to lift it up in prayer, and we need to uh, be all that we can be. We need to support it. But <clears throat> more than anything else, we need to recognize this as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're his bride. We're going somewhere. There's a plan for us. We're not here just coasting. We're not here just living. We're not here just kind of having a social function. We're going somewhere. One day we're going to be the bride of Christ. One day there's going to be a marriage supper in the air and we, along with all the other believers, are going to be his bride. And we need to keep, because this church is his and because we're going to be his bride, it means something. And we need to get our hearts involved in it and stay involved in it and support it and don't fall out with it. And listen, encourage other people when they're falling out with it and bring them back in because, listen, it's a key part for all of us. Listen, this is a great thing that God has done. We heard some testimonies tonight of what God has done in people's lives. Listen, I, I don't know. I wanted to try and work it out this week, but there's no way to work it out. There aren't the records to work it out. But I would say there's at least 1,000 people been saved that have come through the doors of this church over the years. There's probably a whole lot more than that. But there's at least 1,000 people. And you're going to say, well, Pastor, where are they? Well, some of them are in other churches. Some of them fell by the wayside and aren't really doing very well. In heaven, we'll know how many people are actually saved. You know, that's powerful. And you're part of it. You don't just come to it. You're part of it. Somebody was talking to a kid once and they were saying, you can't wear your cap in the church. And the kid had just had a lesson and he was a smart aleck. And so he told the person, you know what? He said, "Uh, I'm not wearing my... I'm not wearing my cap in the church. I'm wearing my cap on the church. Because he was the church. He was part of the church. And you know, that's a great truth. The church is not something you go to. The church is something you are a part of. And as a part of it, let's lift it up. Let's treasure it. Because Jesus treasures it. That's powerful prayer. Father, would you bless tonight? Lord, would you help us? Would you be with us tonight? And Lord, would you just glorify your name in this church? Lord, I lift our church before you, and I pray, Lord, that you would continue to do great things. Lord, that we would continue to see souls saved, that we would continue to see your blessing, that we could continue to see, Lord, people encouraged and blessed. And, oh, Lord, most of all, I pray for a breath from heaven that will blow through this place and shake the cobwebs off and uh, tune up hearts, Lord, and bring fire. And, Lord, just... Do a great thing in our midst. And Lord, I pray for more than just life, gay Lord. Lord, all the churches need it around us. And Lord, our nation needs it and this world needs it. Lord, would you, would you come in mighty power? Would you pour out your spirit upon us? Would you do a great and a mighty thing? And Lord, to you be the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen.